Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this month's uh, review. I've been gone for a while, but I have returned. Let's get into it. So this month's review, book review is going to be on Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass, which he wrote by himself. Um, and it's such a eloquently written autobiography. Um, and it's amazing because when you hear about the people who were around in the slavery days, and when you see the depictions of them in movies and things, like a lot of the time they are, um, depicted to have broken language, broken English, um, not very eloquently spoken. And that is not true. There are a lot of books that I've written, read, sorry. Um, Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this month's book review. This month's book review is going to be on narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass, which was written by his himself in 1845. It's dated to have been written in 1845. Um, and I love Frederick Douglass's writing style. It's so, it's so descriptive and yet still leaves you room to think. It's so, um, involved and yet it's still, um, doesn't lead you too far into your emotions. Um, and I enjoyed it and, and it's unfortunate because a lot of the things that Frederick Douglass is speaking on in his time is still going on now. Um, like for instance, he is, uh, speaking on his experience with working with those in his field. Um, he's a culker and they work with metal and such. And he describes that when he went to first work with um, these men, they were very open and very welcoming. You know, as long as you did your work, everybody was good. And then all of a sudden there was a shift in which um, the white workers felt that they were not, they no longer wanted to share the work with the black workers and they felt like they were being um underrepresented in that soon it would be to where the free black men would take over everything and leave them poor and jobless and so they made a riot about it and were like we don't want to work with the black men anymore because they're going to take over and um because they made such an uproar about it. And of course, imagine this is still in slavery days. So even if you were free, you pretty much any white person that um, sided with you was considered an abolitionist, which was like the worst thing you could be in that time. Um, and so they had to oblige to stop hiring the free black men. Um and imagine this being 2020, this is still occurring where there's an uproar if there is more of a population in a said 
um, environment, career path, whatever you want to call it, um, where with that influx or with that achievement of so many black people in that field, there becomes a fear of a taking over occurring. And when the takeover occurs, um, that those who are already in the field of any, of any other race, basically, but primarily, um, it seems an issue with the white population or Caucasian or however you, um, speak about it. But Caucasian I found was an improper to- um, term. Uh, so let's just go with white for, to be political, politically correct. Um, it's still happening right now where if there seems to be too many black people or too many of any other race coming in, um, there's an uproar and an outrage and it's just, there's so much room for all of us. And the fact that this is happening in Frederick Douglass's time and he's writing so descriptively of it and you can imagine how it can feel where um at first it was only supposed to affect the free black man um and then it became even the slave black men seemed to become an issue to the white men who felt like they were going to get taken over and all of this stuff and he describes the the scene um as such He says, my fellow apprentices very soon began to feel it degrading to them to work with me, him being a slave. And this is also Frederick Douglass talking. They began to put on airs and talk about the niggers taking the country, saying we all ought to be killed and be encouraged by the journeymen. They commenced making my condition as hard as they could by hectoring me around around and sometimes striking me. He goes on to say, I succeeded very well in beating, you know, in defending himself for I could whip the whole of them, taking them separately. They, however, at length combined and came upon me armed with sticks, stones, and heavy hand spikes. One came in front with half a brick. And for what? And for what? So he goes and he tells the person who is he's loaned to who was Master Hugh about what was going on. And Master Hugh was one of the empathic people who were slaveholders and he was upset about it. And he went to complain. And unfortunately, there was nothing that could be done because of, again, the time and also because. Um, you know, nobody was going to speak up because they didn't want to seem like the, the enemy of their own. So he, he goes to describe it as, of course, it was impossible to get any white man to volunteer his testimony in my behalf and against the white young men. Even those who may have sympathized with me were not prepared to do this. It required a degree of courage unknown to them to do so, for just at that time, the slightest manifestation of humanity toward a colored person was denounced as a abolition, as abolitionism, and that name subjected its bearer to frightful liabilities. So even though they knew it was wrong, 
They wouldn't speak up about it because they didn't want the consequence of um, being subjected to whatever it was that would be punishable of doing so. Um, He also speaks a lot about Christianity and how the slaveholders who were Christians were the worst of all of the slaveholders and they used religion as a way to pretty much um, justify their horrendous treatment of the slaves that they were in charge of, whether they were on loan or whether they were theirs. They felt that they had a right to do all of the heinous things they were doing because of in the name of Christianity. Um, Of course, they used scriptures that were beneficial to them. Um, especially the ones in the Bible who that speak on slavery and the slave needs to be um, obedient to their earth masters. Of course, they use that a lot, which is in the Bible. It is true, but it doesn't say that you're supposed to whip them to death until you feel it necessary to stop. It doesn't say don't feed them when they're hungry. It doesn't say don't give them rest. It doesn't say any of that. Um, but that was what was used, um, to justify what they were doing. So it can come across as though throughout his narrative that Frederick Douglass is, is pretty much speaking against those who were preachers and stuff. And it could be considered that he was against Christianity in and of itself. And thankfully he thought enough of it to, put out a disclaimer um, in his narrative and he called it's under appendix. And in there, he says, um, what I have said respecting and against religion, I mean strictly to apply to the slaveholding religion of this land and with no possible reference to Christianity proper for even the Christianity of this land and the Christianity of Christ, I recognize the widest difference so why that to receive one as good pure and holy it is necessary is of is of necessity sorry to reject the other as bad corrupt and wicked i love the pure peaceable and impartial christianity of christ i therefore hate the corrupt slave holding women whipping cradle plundering partial and hypocritical Christianity of this land. So if ever you were to be told or seen anywhere, and this is Frederick Douglass's own work, he wrote it himself. And if he's telling you, look, this is not what it may seem like. I don't like Christianity, but that is not true. So if you read that anywhere, know that it's false. He did not. He was not against Christianity of itself. He was against how it was being used and abused to justify abusive people and the abuse of the people that was of his his group, like all the slaves. Um that's what he was against. And I completely agree with that. I don't feel that it's right to use any type of ideology as a justification to be cruel and unruly to people just to, to say, this is why, like, that's not right. Um, I do recommend you guys to read it on your own. It is very beautifully written. His writing style is amazing. Um, 
it's not, I know that there are a lot of people who, like myself, who are African-American, who don't really favor reading slavery books, not because of the fact that you don't want to know, but because of the heart-wrenching stories that you can take in. But this was not written in a way, it's, it has some heart-wrenching parts, but it's not so much that you cringe the entire time. Um, he does speak of good times. He does speak of um, positive times. He does speak of positive experiences. And he does speak of learning from his experience as well. And he, it's like, if you need a book to motivate you to move forward, despite your your negative experience, your negative um, your negative, um, living conditions, whether it be current or past, this to me would be a great one, not only because he was slave, but because he, he shows you and he describes to you and he lists out all of the things he did in order to overcome his circumstances. And he even is so vulnerable and so transparent about, I almost gave up because I don't know, maybe some of us were aware, but um, when we hear about Frederick Douglass, all you hear is he was a slave that became free, but to know how he arrived there is so impactful. So again, this month's book is Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass, written by Frederick Douglass. Um, I do encourage you all to take a look at it um, from a a motivational standpoint, from someone who's writing about their life and they're not holding any detail on what they had to do to succeed in their goal. The only thing and and one thing I admire a lot, despite everything else or in inclu- including everything else rather is for the safety and security of the people that helped him become free. He did not explain that part. He left their names out. He left where he went. He left out the route. He took all of that because he wanted to, he wanted to keep safe those people who chose to help him on his way to, to freedom. And that is such an admirable thing because there are people who feel like, well, this is my story. I can write about whoever and whatever, and nobody can tell me anything because this is my life. But that's not true because whatever you write on paper, whomever you're speaking about will be affected, whether it be negatively or positively, because you've mentioned them. And so he said over and over, listen, I'm not going to speak on those who helped me get free because I don't want to put them in harm's way. Um, and I find that to be amazingly admirable and respectable of him because he could have just said it like, look, this is my life and I write what I want, but he did not do that. So please, um, I'm working on my next book for next month and I will be back. I hope all is well with you. I hope you are doing well. And I hope that in my absence, you were able to read some amazing books, articles, whatever it is that you chose, art, um, playwrights, whatever you may have read in the time that I was in my absence. 
I hope that it was fruitful and benefit to you. Have an amazing day. Have an amazing week. See you next month.